talking about the things that make your home service business go. Marketing, finance, systems, people. This is the Fight Club for Business podcast. Hello, everybody, and good morning, and welcome to Fight Club. Hey there. Good morning. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. Welcome back to Fight Club, everyone. Super excited to be here with you this Tuesday morning. As you know, we are a group of self-employed industry experts, and we're here to help you fight for your business this Tuesday. We cover four areas of business. We've got marketing, operations, employee management, and money. And we're just keeping this conversation super casual today to help you find, like I said before, some area to fight for. Whether it's marketing, whether it's finances, employee management, or operations, we want you to choose one this week to be able to implement and kind of move that needle forward in your business. So we'll go around and do some brief introductions and then jump into the round robin hot seat with Tim. So (laughs) my name is Taylor Maroney. I co-own a power washing company in South Florida with my husband. And I've been in marketing for about six years now. Super excited to say welcome to Fight Club and welcome to another marketing person. Tim, can you give everyone (laughs) a brief rundown on yourself and your business? Absolutely. So Tim Brown, uh, Hook Agency is our company and we focus um, only on contractors. We help people with Google in particular. So getting found on the organic side of Google, paid ads, and then pretty websites. But I, I made a lot of pretty websites before I realized <laughs> that no one was coming to some of them. And so I started helping people, getting people to them. I love that. That's awesome. Well, welcome, Tim. My name is Megan Likes. I'm the founder of Bookkeeping Academy Online. I educate and empower small business owners to know their numbers so that they can live more financially awarding lives. Um, I also own Likes Accounting Company, a full service accounting firm where you can outsource all of those nasty accounting tasks if you don't want to be doing them yourselves. And I am the co-owner of Jeff Lights Clean Windows and Gutters in Northern California with my husband, Jeff. And I'm happy to be here on Fight Club. Welcome, everybody. Yay. Good morning, Megan. I'm Michelle Myers, co-owner of Pink Collars, and we outsource your front and back back office tasks. Say that 10 times fast. Um, So welcome, Tim. I'm super excited to be here. I've been on your podcast before. You've got a ton of knowledge, so I'm thrilled to have you as a guest. I'm going to pass you off to Martha. Good morning, Martha. (laughs) Morning. My name is Martha Woodward, and I own a maid service in a neighboring state, so I'm absentee owner. I co-founded Quality Driven Software, uh, which is a client retention employee accountability software, and then I just help people build happier workplaces through a membership called Culture First. So welcome to Fight Club, everyone, and yay, Tuesday morning, time to wake up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. As far as kind of jumping into marketing, Tim, you said something briefly in your introduction, and that was perfect because it's what I wanted to first talk about you with. And at Hook, y'all have a niche market agency. So a lot of people might not know what that means and what that really can entail when you're hiring a marketing company. So can you briefly kind of briefly, not briefly go as long as you need to. I want people to understand like what this means because I think it's absolutely fantastic. I personally work with a niche marketing agency for our pressure washing company. And I can say it's definitely impacted the, the leads we get, the type of SEO we've been able to develop over the past five years and what our marketing presence looks like online. So if you don't mind giving a brief explanation, again, brief, not brief, <laughs> of what that is and how that decision was made for you as the owner of Hook. Sure, absolutely. So they say the riches are in the niches. <laughs> I also think there's just so many efficiencies as a business owner uh, to be able to go into a niche and to be able to basically a specialty. Do you have a specialty? Our specialty happens to be basically SEO for contractors. So that's the biggest thing, organic stuff for contractors. I, the story is I had like three home services contractor clients when, you know, first six months of business. And I just kind of, you know, I had a business coach that said, choose a niche. And I'm like, well, I like these guys. Um, and so, 
it just started to snowball from there where it took me four years to really say only because I was scared. I was scared to do that as a contractor, a home services business, working with a niched agency or niched anything really just makes a lot of sense. Cause you just context me and my wife talk about it all the time, which is just like having context is such a big deal. Like the amount of just little things that you have to explain to your marketing agency or explain to this service provider just goes down significantly. So, and for us, it's, it, we look smarter because we're like, we actually know what to ask, you know, the types of questions to ask to get in quicker. Um, I worked at an agency really just to contrast this with the last company I worked at, which was, they're fine. They're fine. They're just like, <laughs> we were talking about all the time. Like I was their marketing guy. I was their marketing director for another agency, 30 person agency. And, and it was like, you were trying to write the copy for the website. And it was like, do you need more? leads, e-commerce mm-hmm. sales, donations, or subscriptions, you know, like you had to like go through this list of all the different things that you can handle. And like, it doesn't resonate with anyone because mm-hmm. when you're talking to everyone, it doesn't resonate with anyone. And so do you really need a niche agency or a niche service provider of whatever type? Not always, but like, there's so much context that you don't have to share. So it's a little bit, everything's a little bit more efficient and I do think contractors love working with us. Like people love working with niche companies just because they don't have to share as much context. You're just not doing the like basics. Like for instance, you have an hour and a half kickoff meeting or something, at least an hour of it isn't spent on just giving them the basics. That's what Mm -hmm. I think is the best part. Like you don't have to sit there and just like explain, I don't know, super simple stuff. And then you can get a little bit deeper. Mm -hmm. And I think too, another beautiful part is being a niche agency, you guys are able to get them the type of leads they're looking for pretty much without asking them having to say like, oh, you know, we're a residential. So like for my case, we're a residential pressure washing company. So I can go to my agency who's the same type kind of thing as you guys and say, we need, we need more residential leads. I don't have to tell them how to write the copy. I don't have to tell them what we need to do they know how to target those individuals and be able to bring those leads in instantly instead of bringing in leads that might be commercial contracts that were actually not ready to be able to bring into the business at that time. So it's, and like you said, you speak the language, like there's been times where I'm like, I've seen, you know, other companies online or, you know, businesses online saying, Oh, my marketing company put this picture up of a, you know, a surface cleaner on a roof. And it's like, Yep. Anyone who understands pressure washing would know that's not what we're doing and that's not the way to go about it. But those marketing companies, unfortunately, don't speak that language and they mm. don't understand that that's an absolute no-go, especially with like <laughs> insurance and God knows the list keeps going. But as far as I want to talk too, because I loved the video you all put out on, well, you specifically, you did a live the other week about keyword research. And I feel like that as well is something that business owners don't fully understand. They think it's, you know, I want roof cleaning or fix my roof, or I need a new roof or roof roofing contractor near me. And it's like, they kind of throw all these in information out there, but you talked about topics and I want to have you kind of go into that a little bit deeper as to why the topics are important Mm. versus just the keywords. Yeah. And you know, we were talking about Marcus Sheridan's, you ask, (laughs) you answer, right. They ask, you answer. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually haven't read the book, although I get the basic premise. Um, Keyword research is another piece. Like if you've read that book, like another piece of the uh, puzzle, which is data, you know, you're looking at data and like ultimately the principle of listening to your best prospects and making content based on them is a really good one. It's a really good piece. Data is a really important piece as well, which is like, you can use the tools, A-R-E-F-S, A-H-R-E-F-S.com or SEMrush, S-E-M-Rush.com, which just went uh, public on the stock exchange, by the way. So big moment for SEO. Um, <laughs> But yeah, Google is a beast and here's the deal. The problem is the first things you think of, the first topics you think of when you when you just start getting into content marketing or just, you know, hey, I need to reach more people. I'm gonna put out a video or a blog post or whatever. The first 
10 topics you think of people have written mm-hmm. a lot of them mm-hmm. and so it gets a little like murky we've had you know it's 10 years where content marketing has been and i'm like kind of being generous with that it's been a little longer but 10 years plus now of content marketing be a big being a big deal the con the quotient has gone up too like what you can create as a piece of content. Like for instance, how to choose a pressure washer, right? It's the first thing, okay, you think of the the next 10 things you think of too. There's a lot of articles out there already and it's kind of hard to hit it at the right angle. Mm -hmm. And so you have to essentially look into what they call long tail keyword, keyword research. Sorry, it was basically like what are other kind of like sub questions to that? What are, and, and these tools allow you to do that. So you can get into those sub questions. And if you have a specialty, mm-hmm. first step, um, <laughs> having a specialty and a specialty within a specialty, because then you can keep on driving down what are those topics and it's worth it because then you create this cluster of topics like, I am not encouraging you. I am encouraging you to write your first blog topic. <laughs> if you've written a hundred, you know, like, and some of us have, some of us have written 10, 20, 30 blog posts. And now we're, and, and we're working on making systems, systems for creating content. And I want you to figure out what your system is for making your next hundred blog posts. You know, mm-hmm. like I want you to make a system. How are you doing a hundred blog posts this next year? Can you create a system that doesn't involve you? all the time making these certainly make them make your first 10 do this key do use these tools to find topics but then i want a cluster of content like i'm literally like i'm thinking Mm -hmm. in clusters i'm thinking in quantities and it's kind of it's basically just because it's gotten harder like this whole (laughs) and writing five blog posts is not going to cut it for you anymore and like how are those blog posts going to be good so like, that is the big piece of like, I think ultimately what I'm looking at when I'm thinking about, cause I was telling you guys, we, uh, as a company, we put out like a hundred thousand plus words of content for our clients a month. That's a lot wow. of content, right? Like, of content. And, and my question is not like, how are we going to do this next 3000 words for this con- this client? My question is, how are we making this content better at scale? Because you know, you're always in business. You're always kind of looking at commodity. Like I'm a commodity, like <laughs> no one cares. And we're, we're on a race to the bottom for price wise, or we're in a specialty where this is, you cannot get this anywhere else. And I'm coming yeah. to you for this. And I'm, and, and once you become, you know, and I, I don't mean to be too preachy because I'm learning myself here, <laughs> but like what I am aiming towards is being that specialty and essentially that specialty is now it's my brand. It's our brand. Mm-hmm. Every people see our logo and they think this is like, this is the type of stuff they do. They, it's, you know, it's the smell from Starbucks. It's the, uh, it's the, the Apple logo on the back of your thing that allows them to charge three times more for the, <laughs> almost the exact same thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's what you're shooting for. And that's, I think it's from specializing and basically, sorry, Got off topic. We're talking about content. <laughs> I love it. Basically, it's, okay. it's about how to create better content. So I think that we've got idea. I've got ideas to top talk about there to dive in a little bit. Um, but it, it ends up being about like how to create better content at scale. And I, I do have some thoughts on that, but I feel like I've been talking a lot. So that's <laughs> great. It's great. I'm thinking of like you know those like Russian nesting dolls where it's like. Yeah. You have the big one and then you work your way down to like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. thinking about that when you were talking about getting to that like topic, like yes. you don't want to go after that big one that's right there in front of mm-hmm. you. Like you want to keep diving a little bit deeper, a little bit yeah. deeper, find those specialties yeah. that are, you know, the, the hidden gems that are at yeah. the, the middle of what you're working towards. So mm-hmm. I absolutely love that. And I love that you said too, that you do, I have like one last little thing and I'll kind of let Megan take over, but as far as you're always learning, you did mention that, like all of us like to say, really like to live in that, that we are students of our own business. Mm -hmm. And speaking on that side of things, what are some new things you're seeing within the marketing kind of online world that are starting to take trend and starting to kind of move up in the online market? Yeah, I think 
Mm, it's a great question. Hey, you told me you weren't going to tell me the question. <laughs> we want like your reactions. <laughs> so, so I like video personally. I wish that video organic reach was better. Like I think that it's a little difficult. So this last year, we basically have to take the gains where we see them. You know, like if you see something working, this is the weirdest part about digital marketing. Like you just kind of got to push hard into it quick because otherwise those gains go away. So one has been LinkedIn mm -hmm. video for us. It's very easy to get organic reach on LinkedIn. So I love that. I think another one for people is really cranking on your personal accounts. Really? Like, really? On, yeah. Hmm. I, I basically treat it like a burner almost like it's a business. <laughs> it's a business account. It's my personal business account. And I'm sure people from high school are looking at it like, what the hell? Oh no, I, I had to actually tell my mother the yeah. same thing. I was like, mom, it's going to turn into business here really yeah. soon. No more kids, no more kids pictures. You're going to see it change. And she's like, what? Yeah. yeah. So I get it. <laughs> yeah. Basically it's a, it's a, really hard slog out there for business pages and it's basically pay to play almost completely. And, and not right. to say if you don't, if you have a community, so I guess that's another thing, communities, it seems like those are doing really well, groups, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And that's a little bit easier if you're B2B, right? It's hard to be like the homeowner guy for your city or what, you know, whatever, maybe you can right. do that. And then the other thing is personal accounts. So those two, and then getting more of your people in on personal accounts. So for instance, and this is just kind of like what we're doing now at Hook is like, we're trying to like have almost like influencer photography sessions for like our key, some key people and like maybe keep on going with that. Not that they're, we're not pretending they're real influencers, but you know what I'm saying? Nicer photos and like have them kind of act like that a little bit because that seems to work, right? Like, and use your personal accounts. And I've said- Hey, I'm sorry, but could you guys start like involving your personal accounts more? Because these, the pages just, it doesn't do, it doesn't do much. Yeah. And same thing on LinkedIn. We don't post from our LinkedIn page a lot, hmm. you know, like we do, but I just assume it's kind of like just throwing it into the wind a little bit. So personal accounts more. Um, I love video and it's the best. It's the best. We can connect face to face. I feel like. Like I'm meeting you guys for real, right? And like, yeah. I, I think like people that are watching this probably feel like they kind of know us a little bit and mm -hmm. some of them hate me already. It's <laughs> really resonating. Um, so <laughs> would, you, would you scale that? And I think like scaling your best closer, you know, when you're talking about making more sales, that's a huge thing that you can do. And I'm not telling you not to do it on your pages. I'm saying also involve your personal, your the personal the different people on your team, have them share it, put them in your content so that they want to share it, mm -hmm. those types of things. Oh, that's smart stuff. Yeah. I love it so much. Well, I, I could talk about this all day and they know that we don't get like, <laughs> I love having marketing people on and I'll go ahead and pass it to Megan. Cause I know there's quite a few things that was talked about in our little session. That's going to translate over to all three ladies. So thank Great. you so much, Tim. I appreciate your openness and honesty and take it over, Meg. Awesome. Hi, Tim. Uh, well, I mean, I have a post-it note full of options. Usually I like to just know where we're going to go and control the conversation. And today I'm like, Wah! so I have like three follow-up comments from the last conversation. And then I'm going to let you choose your own ending. And by ending, I mean discussion. Um, one is I was asking about Marcus Sheridan, not because of the Ask Me Answer, but because of his follow-up book, The Visual Sale, um, which is really fun. And it talks about this role of video as content for content generation, which was really good. And I was looking for it on my bookshelf, but it's not well organized. I can't find it right now. Um, and then the second one I was going to talk about was, or mention was, I love this idea of uh, using your personal page as part of a brand um, because, you know, we do buy from people we know, like, and trust and the best way to get to know somebody that you know, like, and trust. Oh, look, it's upside down. But yes, that's the book. That's the book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's I will book. have to check that out. It looks awesome. Yeah, super, uh, super insightful. And I think going down that trend that you're seeing, which is, you know, videos do sell and Google it does know that. And 
you know, we know all the statistics about how video will be, how we consume content going mm. forward and all that. Um, so because of this, like we buy from people we know, like, and trust, and you're ending comment with Tay about using our personal page for business, which just in the past week, I realized when I was looking through my personal page, it is all business. And so I like, am in thoughtfully and intentionally, and if you're watching this on my personal page, you're welcome, thoughtfully and intentionally throwing <laughs> back in some personal stuff because yeah. I realize I don't want to always be asking. I don't want to always be selling. I don't want to always be generating all this content and people follow me because they like me, yeah. right? That's <laughs> the, so yeah. There needs to be some of you in there and uh, don't let it get completely buried by the work, even though we are all probably working too much for the most part. We live for the gardening. We <laughs> live for Megan's gardening photos. Right, yeah. my garden. I mean, I hadn't posted a garden photo in like months. And so I finally <laughs> posted a garden photo or my niece, she's been here for two months. I haven't posted anything about her. Um, so yeah, that was my comment. So I want to talk to you. I want to go like way back. And remember, I'm the geeky accountant who is not a marketer. Um, and I'm also the accountant who says I don't have a marketing budget in my window cleaning business. Um, now I have friends that will argue with me because I do believe strongly in branding. And so branding is a part of marketing. And it sounds like you believe strongly in branding as well. So can we talk about marketing basics? Like, can we talk about why does somebody go and do marketing and kind of what for you is like that plan of attack for marketing. And then I'm going to warn you, lead you, um, mostly warn you that we're going to talk about money because SEO is a very solid investment for business because I have a feeling that you're going to say that's kind of the keystone. That's kind of the cornerstone of a marketing plan. Um, But we have some new business owners that are listeners and we have some that are really developed, but maybe stuck in their ways like me, where they're like, eh, this is not where I want to spend my money. Um, and then my last leading question that I want to remind you of is I'm not sure about the contract services that you serve, but our home services that we're serving in the cleaning space, we're hitting our summer slump. And so I don't know if that ha- like plumbers and electricians, I feel like they may yeah. not have a summer slump, but like, if you have a cleaning company, I have a feeling you've noticed in the past week or two that your phone is maybe slowing down just a little bit. We're headed right into our summer slump that will continue for the next six weeks. Mm-hmm. So if you could end with some sort of like hopeful commentary about what someone does <laughs> today yeah. to get their phone to ring, sure. that that's where I'd like to take this. So I love it. sorry. Oh, <laughs> and I'm sure you were taking notes, but um, I think you can talk to all of that. And I'm happy to remind you of these as we go through them. Sweet. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So marketing basics. Um, I, I do love SEO and I believe it is a cornerstone. It's a, it's a heavy hitter in this game of marketing, it's an important one, but I'm kind of a big advocate for do it yourself up to a certain point. Like I, if you're not willing to do like, and I I know that most of you are willing to do 10 to 20 extra hours a week in your business up to 500,000 and maybe even to a million. I, I, it's a hard road without some of that, right? It's a hard road. If you want super work-life balance and you're, you're early in your business. That's real. That's real. It hurts. And some people hate me for saying it, I'm sure, but it does hurt (laughs) and you have to do some on your own. And I think social media is such an easy way, an easy way. Now, consistency on social media is what does it and using your personal accounts is going to matter. As far as overarching marketing. You have to pause because I have to plug you. Uh, You have a free course, uh, Social Media for Contractors. It has daily prompts. It has prompts for like, what should you be writing? If you're sitting there like Jeff the other day, somebody told me, my husband told me to do an Instagram and he's like, well, I set up an Instagram account. (laughs) And he's like, well, I mean, I have one. And I was like, Oh, does it have, well, I mean, it exists. (laughs) Okay, well, there you go. But so I think that if if you're sitting there like, oh, I want to be consistent. How do I be consistent? We will absolutely link to that and plug to that. Um, You're also talking to huge course advocates in this group. Um, So that's brilliant. Quick link to that hookagency.com slash social. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That should get you there. Um, And yes, it's, we actually spent quite a bit of time on it and it's, yeah, it's got, I think 30 prompts and kind of five intro days. It'll just send you every, um, at the beginning of every work day. So five days a week. Um, and you, you will get a lot out of it. If you actually do post the thing that it tells you to post, um, you don't get a lot out of social media from theorizing. And I think that that's easy for us to do as, as business owners, like as, as, um, 
particularly, we were talking about the differences, a little bit of cultural difference between aesthetic style trades and um, and like a little bit more like unsexy trades. One thing I see with aesthetic trades, like remodelers and different, is like they, the idea of they've got it in their head, measure twice, cut once, and to the point where they like, measure 10 times (laughs) and cut once on marketing on marketing this Hmm. is a craft too this is a craft too and you really get better in this craft and it's very low stakes very low stakes if you post something on your social media i promise you the worst thing that could happen is no one cares for the most part i mean unless you get really like crazy and political or something but like the worst thing that can happen normally is no one cares and that's honestly (laughs) a good thing it's a beautiful thing. No one cares about you. So stop overthinking it. Just post today. Try something. Social media is, it's a great place to do that type of content. That's like my best prospects keep asking me this question. So I am going to answer that question in a short video. Maybe it's, maybe I mix in a little bit of adventure. Mm. Maybe I mix in a little bit of demonstration. Maybe I, I come up with a little bit of humor, but like ultimately somewhat short content because, you know, like ultimately these kind of com- these conversations that are longer is a little bit different. But in general, like I'm looking at like two and three minutes for these types of videos that are quick answering questions that prospects have. I love video as a starting point. I love social as a starting point. And it doesn't have to be super high end. It can be selfie video. People like that. People resonate with your humanity. <laughs> and so, yeah, I think social and personal video is a, are great places to start. If you need to include a younger teammate, if you've got like, let's say you're, a, you, you're not a digital native, you didn't grow up with social media, then maybe you have them handle that. That's okay. It's okay. Um, I I understand that that might be offensive, but I'm just saying like, you don't have, <laughs> as an owner, you don't have to be the absolute one. Just get somebody that's excited about it. Yeah. Um, and get somebody that is like motivated. To, if you if you cringe every time you log into Instagram, then I, I don't think you should like, you don't have to push pack, past that. You can just get somebody that likes it. Like ultimately- I post a ton of content. I like logging in. I like the dopamine from <laughs> you know, like I'm addicted. So find somebody that's addicted and get them on your stuff. You know, like it's okay. And then to me, that's fundamental. Video and social media are kind of like go first here. Find somebody that likes it if it's not you. Ideally, it's you though, a little bit because you just have so much context. And like if you are if the person that is doing it also is involved with sales or sees sales a lot. That's, that's where the best content comes from. The best marketers are decent at sales. Mm. I believe. Well, I mean, we could have a whole conversation about, we don't really have any business marketing until we get our sales systems dialed in, especially for spending money on marketing, because you're going to bring in, you know, Tim, you're going to pay Tim. Tim's going to bring in all these leads. Your phone's going to be ringing. And if you're not closing those leads, if you're not closing those jobs. If you're not bringing those dollars into your company, then you're going to say, well, it doesn't work. And the problem is not the marketing. The problem is the follow through and the pass off from marketing to sales, um, which I think is probably part of the reason Tim's saying from 500,000 to a million, you need to have your hands in this. You need to be involved in this because you're still building out sales systems. Yeah. So I, I absolutely agree. Um, can we talk a little bit about return on investment for SEO? Um, it's, it's not one of those things that we could hire you today to get our phone string tomorrow necessarily from an SEO perspective, although you may argue with me, but my, no, my, I, I my question has always been, it's a little bit of a longer runway. Mm-hmm. It's not the same as, you know, throwing out ads there and getting, you know, trying to get content that way. Um, but I think from a dollar's perspective that the return of that investment of time and money it's, it's pretty crazy math. Like those multiples of what happens after you've invested in good SEO, they, it follows you for the rest of your business, basically. Yes. Um, so can we talk a little bit about that? And then let's give them one fast, like, I think you're a guerrilla marketer at heart, even though you own a <laughs> company. So um, let's give them one quick, fast uh, guerrilla marketing tip to get them through this slump over the next six weeks. I dig it. So I would say return on investment. I was about to say, I think 
we, we position this as we want you to be more profitable and effective, right? And, and that means to me, yes, you have to have all, more leads, but then you have to be more selective. And that's where, that's where it can get unprofitable real quick is if you're not, if you don't know how to be selective, if you're trying to close every deal versus looking at it and be like, offhand, this one's not $50,000, bye. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay to say that. It's okay to, to come up with your budget that you have to have and then say goodbye. Like it's because you didn't have very many leads that you were trying to always close every single one. So I think it's a mixture of that. And I believe it is a very profitable um, investment. It's, you know, like our best clients we've had for a couple of years. Like we see the year and a half, two years, they love us. It's, it's powerful. It's crazy. It's, we had a client that was less than 50 leads and now they're over, they're getting to like 1500 leads a year, which is a roofing client, which is a pretty big deal. Like, and I've been there the whole time for this and like, we're a huge part of this, but they do, they do a lot of stuff, you know, like they're not just doing SEO, you know, like I believe you should be doing, you know, local services ads, Google guaranteed. I believe you should be doing paid ads, Google paid ads in particular. I love search ads. I think you should be doing Facebook and video and at least promoting to people that have been on your website to, to remarket to them, maybe with a testimonial or something. Mm. Um, and all of it goes together. And SEO by itself is, it's cool. It's super cool that you can get lead, you know, leads and close deals out of thin air almost. It feels like in certain ways, like <laughs> no referral, no referral. They just Googled, found your service and submitted a contact form. That's cool. Um, it takes a while. I say six to nine months for like obvious, clear upward graph. And I think realistically, if you're starting from absolute scratch, it's really a year, a year and a half Yeah. from absolute scratch. So that's why I like try to encourage people to do some themselves. Mm-hmm. And the basic fundamentals are write content and then write content for other people and link back to your website. Those are the, that's the basic fundamentals. If you just did those two things and made habits out of them, you would win at SEO. And like, we just basically do that at scale for people. So I, I it's nothing in a, it's not nothing in a vacuum, but it feels mm-hmm. like any one marketing channel without some other stuff. That's why I, when I'm looking for people like, I almost feel like we're like a little selective, you know, like with the clients, I'm looking for people that are really doing the other stuff. Like I turned somebody down cause it was just like a venture capital firm. And they're like, yeah, we don't really believe in social media. And like, there's no founder that's going to sit out there hustling. Like, I'm like, no, I need, I need like <laughs> I need five other things going on. SEO is good. But like, if they go to your social channels and it's a ghost town, that's not great. So like, everything has a higher return together. And yeah. I, I realize that's not the answer that a finance person usually wants. But it's- <laughs> No, I think it goes to my theories with my own business about branding. Like it, we're not living in a vacuum and there's not going to be one silver bullet necessarily. It's a complement of all things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and visibility, you know, we, I'm sure you can tell us, and I can't remember because I'm a finance person, not a marketing person, but like it takes... <laughs> X number of touches before somebody's ready yeah. to call you. Is it like seven to nine? Seven to nine. Yeah, I feel like th- that was a marketer that made that stat up. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually really helpful for the finance person who like wants to track the source of every lead, right? And you see some that are outperforming than others, but you don't know if they saw your van driving down the road or if they saw, you know, your name on the softball team sponsorship thing or if they mm-hmm. saw you on yes. the Google when they were searching for that thing and then they got retargeted because you had a pixel and you're hitting them on Facebook and then, you know, their neighbor left you a review on Nextdoor. You don't know which of those was the catalyst that pushed them over the edge. But what I'm hearing you say is together, they Mm -hmm. all complement each other and they do drive decisions and sales. Um, I have gone way over my time budget. That was very (laughs) fun. Can I just do last one minute on this? Yeah. I didn't hear your marketing (laughs) thing. So, but I will say like real basics are wrap your trucks, get your yard signs that you're in a, in a business that'll basically people allow that. Um, everything to do with a round job site and around existing clients. So guerrilla marketing tactic, maybe not guerrilla per se, but basically 
anything to do with get video of somebody saying something nice about your mm. service on your social media and share it. And gratefulness, use gratefulness. We are so grateful for these clients. It's a great, people love gratefulness. Yeah. Um, and then the other one, if you don't have access to a happy customer at this moment, maybe get access to one. That would be <laughs> but, uh, no, the other one would just be ask for referrals on social media. Make a video of you saying, hey, it's a little, you know, you actually don't have to say it's slow. Because I do this all the time, even when it's busy. Because you have to learn how to market even when it's busy. Mm-hmm. So I say, I get on social, get on social today, do a one minute video that just says, Hey, I'm so grateful that you're following our page and you're following my personal page. Um, I'm so grateful for you. Could you connect me with one homeowner that could really use our service this week? Just connect us via email. Um, I'd love to, I'd love to connect and appreciate you guys so much for following and just something super simple. And it may not get you one this week. Realistically, it may not, but just reminding people that you actually want referrals mm. is big. Like, just kind of always being. I do this, I think about it like every quarter. Like, I try to do something that's like a real just ask mm. to refer me business. And I try to do it even when it's busy. And, and I think it's smart. So. I love it. Ooh, love cool. It. Okay. Well, you said the word systems very early on, and I know Michelle's been sitting over like twitching, like, I can't wait to talk about the system of content generation. Or I can't, I, I can't. can't ask you to her. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Megan. So you talked about systematizing social um, and you give a client or a contractor a reminder every single day to do social, right? I've been on your website and it looks like you've even systematized how people contact you. Tell me what that is. Cause I know you kicked off like a new calendar yeah. this week. I saw it on LinkedIn. Tell me how people can get in front of you and how you would use that same kind of system for your clients. Do you ever have them do a calendar on their website? Tell me how that's working for yeah, you. We, we haven't yet. Cause it's still in kind of beta mode. Okay. <laughs> I mean, why not? Why not yeah. swap out your, your contact form for a like a Calendly embed? And then exactly. Calendly is cheap, by the way. Yeah. Um, and I tr like I tried another one that was kind of like it. Like Calendly is just simple and it does the stuff you need to do. It is. So it's great. You don't need something fancy or something like I get that there's this dude, you guys probably have this habit. Like software companies love <laughs> and on all this content stuff. Software realistically is great. <laughs> But also like sometimes it's the simpler software. Like it doesn't have to be this insane, crazy, like, you know, we've got pipe drive and Salesforce and all these different things. You don't always need this super crazy, complicated. Sometimes when a, a software is simpler, it's better. So I like Calendly for that. Um, we're just embedding this in all the service pages, the subservice pages, we have it as our main call to action. So if they click the button mm -hmm. and there's no contact us, it's just schedule call. Mm -hmm. and so they click that button, calendar pops up, um, super simple to integrate, by the way, on your website, you can just swap out the, the um, contact form. I do feel like it's a little bit newer technology, you know, relative yeah. to some <laughs> people. So we, like right next to it, have a video about what to expect on the intro call mm -hmm. and a couple fast facts, like FAQ style things. Mm. Essentially like what I'm excited about, like I get dirty <laughs> about making sure that you can enter stuff one place on your website and it shows up everywhere. Yeah. That's, that's what a well-built website is supposed <laughs> to be like instead of having the same content and hundred different places. Sure. So that's the way we have it. We, we can update our FAQs for web design, SEO mm -hmm. or PPC anywhere, and it will update all over the website. And it's just wow. this one block and there's a big arrow that says schedule now. And cool. then it's like, it's like 20 minutes and it sends them uh, our, you know, reminders and calendar invites and it gives them what, what to expect next once it's on the thank you page and um, yeah, it, it auto, on Calendly, you can set it to go to either, you know, either like we have two salespeople, so it can go to it, round robins to them sure, um, sure. and sends out the invite to them and, and gives them, you know, who's going to be calling them and asks for their number. And I love it. Yeah. So, so just kind of keeping it simple. 
And it's instant gratification, right? For the person who wants to solve the problem. It's like, boom, I'm doing something. And I don't have to fill out this long form and it's not a bunch of detailed information. Uh, So I I love it. But blogging, blogging has been a pain point for me. I know maybe some of our listeners have had a challenge with blogging. So tell me how you're systematizing blogging and how you're delivering that service to your clients because I might actually become one because I need help with blogging so bad. And I know a lot of people out there do. Yeah. So, you know, systematizing blogging, the first thing you can do, I do think it's good to try it yourself. And you have before, Michelle. Okay. I have. Yes, I have. Yes. <laughs> um, I, so the first, if you haven't done it yet, try it yourself. Cause I do think it's hard to delegate something that you don't kind of like have some context on. Sure, I sure. personally believe everyone should try things and kind of, fig- and ultimately if you're delegating, <clears throat> let's say you want SEO, like, I think it's really good to understand the the core fundamental components to it before shipping it off. Cause then you can say, all right, these, cause it takes a while. So like, at least you can see the deliverables happening in the meantime. Sure. It's like, okay, so at least this is happening. I don't have the exact result I want yet, but I know the things, I know the things from my research that get results and they're doing them. So I think that's really good. As far as systematizing your blogs, um, well, you have to have access to a writer. I think sometimes okay. it's separate. I think it's separate skill sets. Okay. Find a writer. Okay. Then make sure that there's good keyword research done at some point. So whether that's you mm-hmm. doing the keyword research, there's a $7 trial for ahrefs.com. Super fun, by the way. You it can is, okay. In, you can put in a competitor's website and then see all the keywords that they're ranking for. Really? Ooh. It tells you you how difficult they'll be each of them. And it tells you what, um, how difficult and how many people are searching it. So I'm looking for like below 20 difficulty on this. And I'm looking for above like a hundred searches a month. Okay. Unless you're doing giant quantities of content, like I was talking about earlier. And then I'll go as low as like 50 you know, people searching, or if I have a hunch that people would, you know, will and hmm. could search similar topics, but literally like if you're doing, uh, let's say four to eight blog posts a month, which is kind of like the common numbers that we work with for okay. our clients, you want to make sure that they're like maybe above a hundred searches a month. And, um, and those, are, you know, those are usually separate skill sets. Like I, okay. it's very easy to find a writer it's a little harder to find somebody that knows how to blog about stuff that people are searching. So it's almost like you should learn that piece yourself. That's like kind of a core fundamental. Okay. Or you should just find like a marketing freelancer that's willing to do keyword research and come up with topics that have just say, Hey, could you get me, you know, like I'm looking at a content calendar of you know, 12 months and mm-hmm. I'm, I want to do four to eight blog posts a month. Could you help me get keywords it's just basically like in our, in our situation, sorry. Um, we're always looking to really talk with the business owner. It's like, I have to, I would have to ask you specific questions. Like who is your ideal customer? Like that's basically what you need to focus on. And any keyword that doesn't align with that ideal customer, don't, who cares? Don't make it. It doesn't matter how much volume there is. If it's not your ideal customer searching that. So you have to think about the intent of that search is that intent. And it's okay if it's high in the sales funnel, but just make sure it's in the sales funnel somewhere. You know what I mean? Like it's okay if it's early. Okay. Like, you know, we did a little bit of a podcast about <laughs> phone call etiquette. Like that might be early in, in a sales funnel for you, yeah. mm-hmm. but like ultimately it should be still that ideal customer is the type of person searching it. And for a home, you know, like if we're thinking about homeowners, it obviously opens it up a lot like for contractors. So I'll even, we even go down to city specific lists for Hmm. different amenity type things, just because once it gets into city, like you look at Colleyville, Texas or something like that. If we do a list of best restaurants or best hairdressers, a lot of those people searching that are still in the ideal customer for a remodeler. Yeah. So like all the, like when you're in a very specific location, location you can really open it up um 
the systematization, you have to, it's maybe a question of who, not how. I know, I, that's what I thought. I think, I think it's probably who, not how for you. You don't necessarily, you probably need to look at like your writer, find the writer and find okay. a keyword research person. And it's okay, okay if those are freelancers early and like, and I know that, that that might not be okay. You know, that might not be necessary for you and certainly feel free to engage us. But sure. those are the those are the who, I think, on this. Okay, beautiful. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to hand you off to Martha. She's going to talk to you about people. Appreciate it, Tim. Absolutely. <laughs> Good, trans- Good segue then if she's talking about people. She is. The who, not the how. I love it. That's right. Well, <laughs> you know, I thought I was going to talk to you about when you're working on a website, particularly an employee page, an employment page, and you know what I what you think are the critical pieces, et cetera. But you talked about that right now you're concentrating on leadership books. And so I ask people to get vulnerable about like, what are the pain points? There's yeah. probably some leadership problems, if you're willing to share, oh, that I'll led share you to, okay, I got to learn about this. And yeah. chances are the problems you're having, other people are facing yeah. too. So it'd be helpful. COVID shakeup, the after COVID mm. people finally deciding to make the leap from their job. So we had a bunch of people leave at once and I'm embarrassed by it, to be honest. Like, cause we, we really pride ourselves on trying to make a, a great culture. And, and I just take it very personally. And I think, you know, I'm also like, I'm a very intense person. And I like, I like during COVID I was, I probably was like, not a perfect leader. You know, like I, I was anxious and thus I projected that onto our employees somewhat. Um, and and I, I like cried in front of our employees. Like I've, I've gotten upset because they asked for a raise. Like I've done some stuff that I'm not proud of, you know, like, so um, that's the problem. <laughs> um, but also I see, I see right now, like it is not, you're not, I mean, I, to, to switch to teacher mode for just one second, because I like feel like I have to, <laughs> I, I do think a lot of other people are experiencing the shakeup right now too. So I just don't think you're the only person. So kinship, at least I can yeah, offer. <laughs> absolutely. Um, hey, listen, you know, that's what I talk about practically 24-7. And I remember when COVID first hit and I remember the fear and uh, just, you know, how do you keep your people safe? How do you... Mm-hmm stay in business? How do you keep your clients safe? You know, all of those things. And um, it's absolutely human to not always do it right. And uh, yeah, I mean, at times it's embarrassing that I talk about culture when I have quite a few Facebook friends that have either worked for me or currently work for me. And I'm not always perfect either. So I appreciate your vulnerability. And, um, and, you know, you're a student in progress, you know, you're, it's like, we all are. And uh, even though I talk about culture a lot, I still read a ton of culture books because there's always those gems from almost every book that you're like, ah, yeah, that's probably one of my missing pieces. So yeah, that's really great. And, you know, we did, when we were in the thick of COVID, we talked about that more. And one of the things that I really encourage people to do is to do what you just did is to be vulnerable and say, you know what? I messed up. I shouldn't have, you know, I shouldn't have put my fears on you, but I'm human. And, you know, it's, it's like when a parent screws up with their kid and yells at them or, you know, takes it out on them for whatever reason, if you don't go back and say, all right, that was wrong. You know, 
here's kind of the behind the scenes of why I did it. And here's how I'm going to proactively not do that again. Because mm -hmm. you know, that really is the key. You can't just always, and I, I mean, I think we all see this all the time where people make the same type of leadership error over and over and apologize, but then they continue that same pattern. So the secret sauce is figuring out how to fix it. Yeah. And I, I also like just to go real Machiavellian for a second. I think you also, <laughs> you just have to, you gotta be easy, come easy, go a little bit, even with your employees. Like ultimately at the end of the day, there were some people that left that I, I wasn't gonna give them 10 or 20 more thousand dollars to stay, you know, like they, they weren't worth that. And you have to be real, you have to be real with yourself. Like a core, like for instance, like corporate people would spend that. And so they went to jobs where they're going to get 15 more thousand from a corporate, you know, scenario. And that's okay. Like I realized with, and this is probably being way too transparent, but hell or <laughs> on the fight club. Woo. <laughs> You know, I think you have to be okay with some attrition of clients too. Like I've, we've had attrition and I think at a certain point we haven't figured it, we haven't mastered figuring out how to raise our prices per year, like a 10% or 5% average yearly raise for our current clients, which is what we need to figure out. That's what we need to figure out because uh, inflation, like, yes, inflation. Cost, yeah, inflation. cost of living, inflation. Exactly. So I am exactly and then this year becomes very important so we are we are going to do that and it's so if you're a current customer <laughs> bear with us it's also yeah, that's an employee spoiler, spoiler. you just own it spoiler yeah, spoiler, alert. spoiler <laughs> alert yep but everything costs more so um i think that noting though that some attrition I've just had business coaches say like, it's okay. And you learn, you learn a lot and you get better. And maybe these, you know, let's say we're, we're shooting for like 95% per quarter, you know, retention or whatever. Every customer that comes in has a better, more professional experience than the ones that I signed five years ago when it was just me, you know, and we still have some of those clients. So that's kind of crazy mm. in a way, like, but it's the expectations get set better you know, it's, they're more profitable to be real with you, the newer ones, because we're, we're just setting better expectations. They're having a better time from the very beginning. They know exactly what they're getting. So th that's true for clients. And it's also true for employees. Like some of these people had joined when it was just me and my wife and her and I would have arguments in front of them. Like, yeah. Like what? Like you, you got to watch that, you know, like ultimately, but we do now and the, the newer employees have never seen any of that. So it's ultimately just, you get better and it's okay that there's some attrition. Basically is what I'm saying. I'm also just trying to like soothe myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I love it. Touch on sometimes vulnerability can get confused with like groveling. And that is not what I mean. I, you know, because you mentioned that you were able to step back and see that some of that attrition was okay. And you're absolutely right that um, I don't mean when you have to get vulnerable and kind of explain or apologize that you're like begging people to stay. I, mm -hmm. I would, I, you know, I really draw the line on that. And because uh, I want people to be there because they want to be there. And like you mentioned, sometimes you've outgrown each other, you know, and sometimes it's not really what you've done, but they have something else going on in their lives that caused them to make that change. And it feels personal, but it's really not personal. I mean, and unless you see the same, like if you do exit interviews and you say, see the same trend over and over, then yeah, that's something you have to fix. But I want to, I want to work 20 hours a week and fully remote and travel everywhere. And 
make twenty more thousand dollars. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just <laughs> I'm complaining right now. I'm complaining. Hey, listen, that, that's, that's a thing. That is yeah. a thing, and uh, and I think COVID brought some good things, and it it is definitely pushing the limits. Mm -hmm. uh, my daughter works at a company. Well, everybody works at a company that uh, a lot of the staff had to go remote. And after a year and a half, they'll be going back. And there's a lot of that, you know, pushback on, hey, we've been doing fine remote. Why do we have to go back? So, yeah. I'm sorry, but I'm on the side of like, at the end of the day, there will be a limit. It's got to stop. And like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I, I read these Twitter feeds of like mm-hmm. people talking about remote and it's just, it's so pres- presumptuous. And yeah. I'm just thinking about the customer and trying to make sure that we have the best possible service. And yeah. I think as a business owner, you have to always think that. And if the best possible service means like to get the best people, you have to go remote or you have to do more remote. That's one thing. Um, and, and basically serving, serving the home services and like contractors and stuff. I'm like, it feels weird to me to think that we'd be too remote. Like from my point of view, I see it as a little bit more like I want to be in person. And for me, it's for the younger employees. That's, that's my thing. Like, I think we're trying to like, I I had to fire people during COVID that I like, they didn't get the mentorship that I wish they would have gotten, you know, like Mm -hmm. there's, there's things like that where, it's very difficult for younger employees to get up on zoom, you know, like to get all the mentorship that they can possibly get on zoom in my experience. And I don't know, I might be conflicting. Like I know a lot of people disagree with me. So I'm, this is me saying my personal opinion, not the opinion of fight club. (laughs) No, no. You know, I think as employers, if a position can be remote, then it's something to consider, but I also think as employees, not everyone is remote qualified. That's, you know, really good that's true. That's true. You know, if you can prove your productivity mm-hmm. and your work does not suffer and you're remote, then I don't see a need to penalize somebody and say, you absolutely have to come sit in this chair in the office, you know. Um, I understand a compromise on that because culture does suffer a little when you can't bring people together. Um, But I also understand that not every human being can work remotely and be productive. That's yeah. just the truth. And, uh, Michelle, you're being so quiet over there. No, I'm absolutely agreeing. I'm agreeing. Yeah, I mean, Michelle <laughs> learns firsthand every day, and I'm sure <laughs> she figured out in her processes on interviewing how to weed out those people who yeah. are not self-starters and yeah. are not going to be self-motivated to hit their targets yeah. without a thumb on them. There yeah. are people who need a thumb. So true. So true. They don't want a thumb, but they need a thumb. <laughs> you know. Before we close, I had a question for you, Tim. What are a couple of books that you're reading? Speaking about learning, and tell some of the listeners because I I have like three on my desk right now that I'm in the middle of. So tell me what you're reading so that people can understand what you're into right now. Uh, um, I'm actually reading a book called. I'm I'm listening to. I listen to a lot of audiobooks. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, the Talent Code. Um, okay. And I will say it's very good, but the reason I'm reading it, because the culture code by Daniel Coyle, Mm -hmm. the culture code, holy, this, this is a good book. Really? Okay, good. This is probably the best book on, I mean, you know, it's always the one that you read, like in the last (laughs) month, it's like the one that you're like, the best. Life changer. (laughs) But the culture code is so good. Hmm. Um, I do think business made simple by um, Donald Miller is very good. I, we just finished that as a, as a team, I had the entire company read business made simple. And it's, mm. I think for me, I do see like the more people on our team understand 
more of the business and the basic business fundamentals, the more that they can be kind of making good decisions, modifying the process down at the, you know, whatever detail that they're working on it. So I think business made simple is kind of a great way if you want to read one with your team. And then if you're reading one with your leadership, the culture code is ridiculously good. So basically like a quick pitch for that. Like they talk about a bunch of different real like case studies on leadership, including like basketball team, IDEO, like innovation Mm -hmm. company and military. And like, basically like, here's exactly why this culture is good. And here's exactly what the leader is doing and like real specific stuff, which is like, like, wow. Mind moms. I love it. Cool. Cool. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, Taylor. Take us away. All right. So (laughs) what we're going to do right now, Tim, is we're going to go around and give some homework out to the listeners. So that way that you, you have an option, you can absolutely throw some homework in. We'll kind of save you for the end. Um, And just a reminder to listeners, we do like you to choose just one piece of homework, whether out of these four to five pieces, just pick one that spoke to you this week. That way you can really focus in on that, be able to be intentional and be actionable and moving that needle forward. So that's kind of just the brief rundown on homework. So marketing wise, um, I absolutely love that Tim and Hook Agency have taken the step to become very niche in their market and that they have chosen to be very selective with who they um so if uh oh take out frozen uh oh no. right megan <laughs> go ahead megan we'll catch uh, her at the end okay well and she i'm glad because now i know i'm not stepping on her toes uh <laughs> uh so i my homework for this week is actually gonna be to check out tim's course about content creation for social media, because I know that you're probably in your summer slump. And I know that by getting on social media, that will help you get your phone ringing again. Um, So that's part one. So I want you to think about like how you're showing up uh, for your audience. And I want you to think about that from a personal page perspective, a personal brand perspective, because we all are often our brand, right? Um, And then step two is once you get that phone ringing again, I want you to start thinking about your long-term strategy of investing in the marketing of your business. Um, And that does have to be SEO, but we're going to plant that seed because we're in a very SEO state today um, about how can we get our phone to ring next July and next August for us without going through the summer slump. There is a way for you to be intentional and thoughtful about that right now, but I understand your pain point is you have no money to invest because you're nervous about your schedule. So let's get your schedule filled up and then please don't just solve don't be reactionary, solve this problem right now for the next six weeks. Let's think ahead to the next 12 months. Um, So we'll have a link in the Facebook group to Tim's social media course. I think it's awesome for you, for a lead generation standpoint, to be delivering that content for free to your ideal customer. Actually good, by the way. (laughs) This isn't cheesy. There's 10 original videos in it too. Wow. And then Tim, we talked about systematizing things. I'm going to have everybody check out the A-H-R-E-F-S website. You mentioned that a couple of times. Stalk your competitors, find out what keywords they're using and what their uh, ranking is. We, we want to look for below 20, right? And then above Below 100. 20, keyword difficulty. There's a little column that says keyword difficulty. And then above 100 for uh, searches, monthly searches. For searches. So yeah, if you understand a little bit about these keywords, then you can move on to hiring somebody to start systematizing your blog posts. So we're going to start there at the A-H-R-E-F-S website and I'll put the link in the comments. Tim had a good video on that on his Facebook live. I literally like give you the full, like how to do it step-by-step. Ooh, okay. I'll try to find that and link it too. They're both already linked in the comments. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank we you. We found his video and we found that website. Ricky. You are good. Okay, good. Today. You are on it. I love it. Okay. <laughs> and my homework is kind of tagging on what Tim and Megan were talking about, but relating it to people. So when you talk your brand about your brand and how you present that brand to your leads, and clients. Same thing for your personal brand and your applicants and employees. Mm. And so 
it, and it does get more personal. It's not, it's not your corporate brand. It's your personal brand and what it's like to work for you and the company. So I want you to evaluate your personal brand as a leader. And is there anything you need to fix? So that's mm. your homework from me. And Love then you know, if you have homework you want to share, like that book or something else. Oh, yeah, I, um, <laughs> my, my homework is to get on a real quick, simple video today, turn on the camera, flip the screen and ask for referrals on your social media. <laughs> hey, could you do hey. me a favor? Act like it's one-to-one. You're talking to one person yeah. and say, hey, would you do us a favor? Would you send us just one person that could use our services this week. We'd absolutely love to connect. Just connect us via email. My email is this. Let's talk. I would love to help people that you know. Ooh, good. Yeah, that's awesome. Good one. Okay. Tay, we didn't hear the end of Tay's. Yeah, Tay, what about the end of yours? Can you guys hear me? Am I here? Yes. (laughs) You are. Um, Just... Give Tim a call. That's all I was trying to say. Am I allowed to just say, uh, yeah, basically go to hookagency.com. All the buttons connect you to actually schedule something. So and, easy, guys. So easy. And then also I'll give you our phone number, which is 612-772-9555. Somebody way nicer than me answers the phone. <laughs> Uh, maybe not as good as pink collars would do. <laughs> Boom. Pitch, 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 pitch. Oh, Tim, you're so good. Okay. I have got the quote of the day and then we're going to let everybody get back to work and get, keep, keep going today. Um, the quote today is the learners of today are the leaders of tomorrow. So learn, I hope this was helpful. Hope you learned something today and it's helping you in your leadership journey. So thank you all so much for joining us on fight club and Tim, you were a, a rock star for hanging in with us today. Thank you so much. And everybody awesome. have a great Learning day fun. and keep fighting. Yeah. Thank Go you guys. Fight. Hey, Bye. Have a great day. Bye. Connect with Fight Club for Business. Join our Facebook group where we have weekly homework, accountabilities, and an awesome community to help you fight for your business. Facebook.com slash Fight Club for, as in the number four, business. Fight Club.